Welcome to this online broadcast from First Baptist Church in Rock Hill. I'm Pastor Steve Hogg. Thank you for joining us today. Jesus commanded us as his followers to make disciples. But what does that mean? What does it look like to make disciples? Well, recently I recorded two lessons for our life groups at First Baptist where I talk about that very thing. Today, you're going to see an edited version of those two lessons and learn how God can use you to make disciples. Here's the edited version of lesson one. Today, I want us to start in Matthew chapter 28. You're very familiar with this, so go ahead and open your Bible right now. Matthew 28. Two verses, we call this the Great Commission. In verses 19 and 20, just before Jesus went back to the Father in heaven, he said, go therefore and make disciples. And technically, it is as you are going. So in your normal daily life, okay? So it's not like you're going on a mission trip, you're going overseas as a missionary. That can be part of it. But the, but the literal idea is as you go, as you are going. So in your life, you know, with your career, your family, everything that's a part of your life. So as you go, therefore make disciples of all the nations. And literally, it's not nations with borders or boundary. It's ethnic groups. So anyone and everyone, no matter their background, you encounter as you are traveling through life, he says, make disciples of them. And then they are to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, teaching them, those who become disciples, to observe, to carry out, to obey all that I commanded you. And he says, I'm always going to be with you as you do this. So very briefly, as we live as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, and as we go through life, whatever our stage in life, location, whatever we do, as we go through life, we are to be about the business of helping others become disciples followers of Jesus and then do all we can to see that after they make a decision to become a disciple, they are then baptized, a way of publicly identifying with Christ, and then we teach them how to follow, how to obey. And so the commission to you and me as disciples, as followers of Jesus, is both evangelism, spiritual growth. We are to help people come to faith in Christ and then help them grow and become disciples who can really turn around and do the very same thing with others. Now, you're in the last chapter of Matthew. The very next page in your Bible is the first chapter of Mark. And we have here the record of the very first disciples, the very first men Jesus called to be his disciples. So in Mark chapter 1, look with me, if you will, at verse 16. Starting at verse 16, he says this, as he was going along by the sea. So Jesus is walking by the sea. Remember Matthew 20, as you go, as you're going through your life. So here Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. The Bible says that he saw Simon and Andrew, these brothers. They were casting a net into the sea because they were fishermen. Then in verse 17, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. The likelihood is Jesus had had previous conversations with them. This wasn't their first encounter. We're just not told about it. But he says, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. So in that really brief description of Jesus calling the first two men 
to be his disciples, we get a clear picture or a definition, if you will, an understanding of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And here at First Baptist, we define a disciple as a person who does these three things. And there's the graphic on your screen right now so you can see it. A disciple is someone who is following Jesus. Remember, he said to Peter and, and Andrew, follow me. So it begins with a decision to become a follower of Christ. That's what we normally think of as the salvation decision. When a person commits their life to Jesus, they become a follower of Jesus. The second part of the definition, understanding of what a disciple is, not only someone who is following Jesus, but as they follow him, they are continually being transformed or changed by Jesus, formed into looking more like Jesus. He said, follow me and I will make you to become. See, as we follow Jesus, we are changing. We think of uh, that as spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is not just about information. The discipleship is not simply the transference of information. I know something, I teach you, you learn it. That's part of it. But becoming like, being transformed means that our relationship with Jesus as we follow him and learn from him, all of that is changing us. We are being transformed. So spiritual growth is about learning, yes, but it's about changing. It is about maturing. It is about becoming more like Christ. So what is a disciple? First, someone who's following Jesus. And as they follow him, they are being transformed. They are becoming more like Christ. Think the word Christian literally means a little Christ. So we are becoming like him. And then the third part of the definition of what is a disciple is this, following Jesus, being transformed by Jesus, and being on mission with Jesus. That's the last part of the statement. Follow me and I will make you to become. That's the transformation. And if you look at the graphic again right now, the third part of that graphic is being on mission with Jesus. That's Jesus saying, and I will make you to become what? Fishers of men. I will change you and grow you to the point that you become fishers of men who you in turn turn around and I use you in the lives of other people to help them become disciples who grow and who make disciples. So it's a, it, there's, a, there's a reproduction to this. There's a, there's a replication to this. We're on mission with Christ, serving him in this world and being used as an instrument of evangelism. And so the second thing that I want you to see this morning is that God uses disciples to make disciples. God uses disciples to make disciples. So he invited Peter and Andrew, and as they followed him and changed and become more like him and were on mission with him, they started making disciples. And that's what happens in our lives. God uses us. Now, if, if, if I'm going to be used of God, I have to be a growing disciple. And, and if I'm a growing disciple, then God can more effectively use me to help other disciples grow and more effectively use me. Secondly, to reach people who are not followers of Christ, invite them to become followers of Christ, be on mission with Jesus, and help them become disciples. So I need to be a growing disciple so I can help other disciples grow and I can help those who are lost become disciples of Jesus. 
Now, here at First Baptist, we have what we call our discipleship pathway. This is intended to help you and others grow as disciples. It doesn't make people disciples. In other words, it's not an evangelistic tool. God uses it, but its intention is to help you grow as a disciple so you can then help others grow and help others become disciples, become followers of Jesus. And you see the graphic on your screen right now. There are three parts to our discipleship pathway at First Baptist. Worship, where we express love to God and praise to God, where we are inspired and challenged in our faith, if you will. And then secondly, life groups, what traditionally we call Sunday school, life groups. And the primary purpose in those life groups is to build connections between people and to care for one another. And then the third part of the discipleship pathway, our strategy for helping people grow as disciples is our D groups. That's where we grow as disciples. Now, fellowship happens in all of those. Growth happens in all of those. Worship happens in all of those, etc. But each one has a very unique purpose and is part of our strategy. So worship, praise, and worship and love to God. Uh, life groups connecting with other people, whether it's connecting with fellow believers, other disciples, or connecting with lost people, those who are seeking, and caring for one another, primary purpose, and then D groups. Use the Bible in all three, use it differently in all three, but each one has a purpose. D groups. So that's that's part of our strategy. That is our strategy for helping you grow. Now, when it comes to the making disciples, so we've been talking about the growing disciples. How do we grow? And we have to grow so we can help others. And we have to grow so we can help people become Christians or disciples. Now, what about that becoming disciples? What we normally call evangelism. You know, that word that scares us to death. Well, here at First Baptist, we intentionally do certain things to equip and support you individually as you obey Jesus' command to make disciples, as you do evangelism, okay? As you, a growing disciple, help those who are not disciples, not followers, Become disciples, become followers. So there are certain things we do to equip and support you. Now, notice in Mark chapter 1, verse 17 again, he said, fishers of men. That's what I'm going to grow you to become. You will be fishers of men. And fishing for men means our focus is on others. It's on those who are not yet connected to Christ, those far from God those who are spiritually lost and not saved. That is our focus. That is our mission. We grow as disciples so we can be like Christ, help other disciples grow, and so we can make disciples. That's our focus. Then in verse 18, after inviting Andrew and Peter, it says immediately they left their nets and followed him. If we're going to fulfill Jesus' command to make disciples, to see people who are lost become followers or disciples of Jesus, it's going to be it's going to require intentionality on our part. They left their nets. They got up and very intentionally stopped what they were doing so they could do something more important. We must be intentional and make time for and be committed to making disciples, to evangelism, to inviting people to place their faith in Christ. So as a church family, we want to equip you and we want to support you in those efforts. And, and there's three focus areas. One is prayer. 
The other is caring or loving for lost people. And then the last one is sharing and inviting people. And you do each of those in your individual daily life as you go, as you live, and also via church events that help you do that. But it's not one or the other. It is both. The church can schedule evangelistic activities, activities that are attractive to people, that are easier for you to invite people to, but you have to do the work of inviting and making disciples. So let's talk about prayer for just a moment. We encourage you and every believer in this church to pray three prayers every day. One, pray for God to give you that day, each and every day, an opportunity to have a gospel conversation. Write these three prayers down that you pray every day. God, today, as I go through my life, give me an opportunity to have a gospel conversation with someone. Prayer number two, God, give me the courage to speak when that opportunity comes. And then prayer number three, God, I am praying by name for these individuals, my one, my five different ones, the people God's put in my life and on my heart who are lost, and I'm praying for them daily by name. Pray those three prayers. And then the other thing is we have times of prayer at church. And in our D groups, every week we are at talking about these three prayers holding each other accountable. Your, your D group is to be asking you every week, have you been praying for opportunities? Have you been praying for courage? Have you had conversations? We share with each other about our ones and we pray together for our ones. So prayer is part of where we support and equip you. But you have to do the praying. The second area is caring, loving, not just fellow believers. That's part of growing as disciples. But when it comes to making disciples, caring for those who are not followers of Christ. So as a church family, we will provide opportunities for you to love on people in the community. For instance, uh, coming up real soon, Rolling in Rock Hill, a way to love on people and care for people who may not know God. But we also will challenge you, how can you care for people that you know as you go through life who do not follow Christ? How can you show God's love to them? So if you're going to make disciples, one thing you must do is pray. The second thing you must do is care. And, and by the way, to do those effectively, you need to be a growing disciple who prays, a growing disciple who cares and shows love to those who are far from God. And then the third thing is share with them. We need to share with them. Share with them your story, your testimony. We'll talk about that a little bit next Sunday. Share with them Jesus' story, the gospel, how to have a relationship with God. So there's the sharing, the telling of Jesus' story and your story, but there's also the inviting, inviting people, inviting people to special events, inviting people to Sunday morning to worship and to your life group. For instance, in October, near the end of the month, on a Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5, we were having Fall Fest. Now, part of Fall Fest is our trunk or treat, but there's other things going on, games and food and so on, so Fall Fest. Now, that's an opportunity for you to invite people, but there's more to it than that. To help you engage lost people and, and, and those people you're praying for, whether they're in your neighborhood or at work, whatever the situation, the end of September, we're going to have yard signs available you can put up in your neighborhood that, that is promoting Fall Fest. And then later, we're going to teach you how and encourage you to prayer walk your neighborhood 
praying for God to give you opportunities to have conversations with people. So what I'm trying to illustrate for, for you is, one, we design our ministry plans, our strategy to assist you, to support you, in your responsibility to make disciples. So we give you invite events. We give you tools and helps. But you are the one God has commanded to make disciples. So praying for people, caring for people, inviting people, and sharing with uh, people. I hope that lesson was very helpful to you. And I want to encourage you to make a written list of people in your life who need Jesus, family members, neighbors, work associates, classmates, friends, those who are part of clubs that you belong to. Make a list of people that you are going to be praying for. Now, in this second lesson, this edited version you're going to see, we're going to talk about about, uh, making disciples and how God can use you and your interest, your passions to do that. So watch this uh, second lesson and uh, may God bless you. If you're comfortable writing in your Bible, I'm going to give you some words to circle. If not, maybe just uh, underline them or use your finger and, and identify them because these are key words. Let's read together as we think about making disciples in Mark chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. This is when Jesus is appointing the 12. And it says, He went up on the mountain and summoned those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Underline or circle, highlight the word summoned and came to him in verse 13. He summoned those, underline that word, and they and then the word came. They came to him. Now in verse 14, and he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach. Draw a circle around the, world, the words uh, with him or be with him. Underline that, be with him. And then secondly, in verse 14, send them out, send them out. Our definition of a disciple, and you see the graphic on the screen right now, is someone who's following Jesus, is being transformed or changed by Jesus as they become more like him, and then their own mission with Jesus. Well, you see all of that in these two verses. When he summoned them and they came to him, that's when they became, that's their their following Jesus, like we follow him. And he said he did that so for two reasons. One, so that in verse 14, they would be with him, hang out with Jesus, learn from Jesus, become more like Jesus. That's our being transformed. They would be changed. We're changed when we spend time with Jesus. And then the last um, phrase I had you underline or circle was send them out. When you look at the graphic again on the screen right now of what it means to be a disciple, following Jesus, transform and on mission with Jesus, sending them out. They were on mission. He sends us out. We are on mission with Jesus. Now, you need to remember, Jesus had more than just the 12 disciples. He had different layers, if you will, uh, of followers. You had even within the 12, the three, Peter, James, and John, who had some very private, personal experiences with Jesus that the other nine did not. So he had the three. He had the 12. But uh, in the Gospels, Jesus also had the 70 And he trained them and he discipled them and he sent them out. And we have numerous times in the Gospels this mentioning of a a group of women who were following Jesus. And all of these groups spent time listening to Jesus. Now, you had the crowd, okay, the large crowd, but these were the committed followers, committed disciples. 
And they would listen to him as he would preach to the crowd, but he would also have private teaching times with them. There would be Q&A sessions, and they were all changing and growing, becoming like Christ. That's the transformation part of being a disciple. And we mentioned briefly last week our discipleship pathway, which is, and you see it on the screen right now, designed to help you grow. So think of that second part of a definition. You're following Jesus. Our discipleship pathway that you see right now on the screen is designed to help you be transformed to become like Christ, what we think of as spiritual growth. Worship where we praise God and are encouraged. Uh, life groups where we connect and care for each other, as well as uh, lost people who may come to our life group that we invite to our life group. And then the, um, the D groups where we really focus on you engaging with God's word so you can encounter Jesus and be, and, and be transformed. That's the most intense level of our discipleship pathway. And all of those are designed to help you grow. And let me just add, one of the reasons we multiply D groups, and we encourage you not to stay in the same group for more than maybe two years at most, we encourage groups to multiply, divide, and become for each group to become at least two groups every year. Some can become three groups. Why? So you can engage more disciples in growth. So more followers of Jesus can begin growing spiritually and being changed and transformed and becoming more like Christ. If you stay together all the time and don't multiply, then you're never inviting others into the process of growing. So that's why we multiply our D groups. Um, But for this morning's focus, Jesus did more than simply invite them to follow him and be with him. He sent them out. He was very intentional. He said, I want you to be with me so I can send you out. Same thing is true of us. Jesus does not want us just to grow. He wants us to go out. He sends us out. You know, in in, in, in Palestine, in the Middle East, in Jesus' day to day, you had the Sea of Galilee, but down below that you have the Dead Sea. And it's dead because it has no outlet. If all you do is go deeper and think, hey, I'm growing spiritually, but there's no outlet where you are helping others come to faith in Christ, become disciples, um, you're not as spiritually deep as you think. Eventually, you'll become stagnant because God blesses us when there is an outflow. He says, so so part of this is sending you out. And he sent the 12 out. He, he said here, he called them and said, be with me because I'm going to send you out. But... You have your Bible there. Open it to the book just before this one, the Gospel of Matthew, and look with me very quickly in chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, because Jesus Jesus uh, sent them on missions to train them, to prepare them, to equip them for the time when he would go back to the Father, and they, they would have to do it. Yes, he's present with the Holy Spirit, but he wasn't literally physically present in the same way after he went back to the Father. So he got them ready. Chapter 10, verse 1. He summoned his 12 disciples. This is Matthew's gospel. He summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. One of the things Jesus had his disciples do when they went out was to care for people. And remember last Sunday we talked about praying, caring, and sharing. So we care as we go. Drop down to verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them and uh, he sent them just to the to the Jewish people. Later, he'll send others to the Gentiles. And so this was his first effort at sending them out and training them. So he sends them out. And, they pro- and, and notice what they did. They, they preached. They proclaimed the gospel, the message of Christ, and they cared for people. So they were sharing and they were caring. Now, 
Remember I mentioned Jesus also had a group of 70 disciples? Well, turn over to the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and in chapter 10 of Luke, I want you to see something. Okay? Chapter 10 of Luke, verse 1. He says, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others. So he did not just choose the 12. Here he chose the 70 in addition to the 12. And he sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers or workers into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out. Go, behold, I send you out. And Jesus says, there needs to be more of you. There's there's not enough of you who are going out. There are more of you who want to be with me that never go out. I need more of you to go out. I'm sending you out. You're with me so you can go out. Here is just one example of him sending the 70 out. And then in verse 17, after they finished their mission, they came back and it says they returned with joy. They were excited. Um, And then think about the larger group of believers who were now following Jesus, disciples of Jesus, after his crucifixion and before he went back to the Father. Uh, You're in Luke. Go through the Gospel of John to the first chapter of the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, the story of the early church. And look at chapter 1, and this will be our last passage. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. They're they're all together outside Jerusalem. Jesus is getting ready to ascend back to the Father. And look at verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Reminds me of people who all they want to do is study the end times. Is it now? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs in which the father has fixed it by his own authority. He said, here's what I want you focused on. Verse eight, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And, 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 and as we grow spiritually and become more like Christ, we grow. He, he, he blesses us with greater power from the Holy Spirit. And he says, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. And so here Jesus not only sends the 12 out, not only sends the 70 out, but here he sends the whole church out. He sends me out. And he sends you out. We are on mission with Jesus when we are his disciples. So the pathway, you know, worship, life groups, D groups are designed intentionally to help us grow and become more like Christ. Now, does God use them in the lives of lost people? Yes, he can. But their purpose is our spiritual development and transformation. The evangelism component is he sends us out. We have to intentionally go where people are. As we talked about last week in Matthew 28, when he said, go make disciples, it's literally as you are going, as you go through life, every place you are, every place you you go, the different groups, the different individuals that you encounter make disciples. We are on mission. He sends us out to engage the lost. And so when we go... And make disciples. We pray every day these three prayers. If you did not write them down last Sunday, write them down right right now. In fact, they're going to be on the screen here uh, right now. Pray every day for God to give you an opportunity to have a gospel conversation. Prayer number one. Prayer number two, every day. 
Pray for God to give you courage to speak when those opportunities come. Prayer number three, pray for people by name who are not yet followers of Christ. You're one, you're multiple ones. And remember, we gave you the tool to identify people in your life who may not be followers of Christ. That, that, that sheet last week, and there are some in your classroom today, extra copies. If you did not get one last Sunday, pick up one today before you leave. Uh, you know, where you, where you live, your family, where you live, your neighbors, where you learn, where you go to school, uh, seminars, workshops, classes, etc., where you work, your co-workers, and where you play, you know, the gym where you work out, any recreational league you're a part of, um, if you're if you're in a club that plays cards, whatever it is you do, where you play and have fun, if if you golf all the time, if you're on the lake all the time, where you encounter people. Use that to identify people who don't know Christ. And then care. We're going to talk about that just a little bit. Uh, opportunities to serve people. And yes, we organize opportunities to do that as a church. For instance, you know, rolling in Rock Hill, painting houses of people who have fallen on hard times. And we do that as a church to show we care, but we do that also to model it for you and to help you understand the value of caring for people in a very tangible, tangible uh, way. And uh, in a minute, we're going to help you figure out how you can do that more individually. The third thing, so, so, so we, we pray, we care, and then we share. We share our testimony, we, our, our story. We share the story of Jesus, the gospel. We invite people to worship and to life groups. Yes, invite lost people to your life group. And we invite people to special events here at the church, like the, the Fall Fest that is coming up at uh, the end of October. That Saturday afternoon in Trunk or Tree and other things are part of Fall Fest from, I believe it's 3 to 5 that last Saturday in October. But uh, next Sunday morning, we will have yard signs uh, for you to pick up and take and put out in your neighborhood to advertise the, uh, the, uh, the, the Fall Fest. And then later in early October, we're going to encourage you and give you some tools to help you prayer walk your neighborhood um, and praying for God to give you opportunities to invite them to Fall Fest and to worship at First Baptist and so on. And then later in the month, we're going to have packs of invite cards, groups of 10, and you can take one or multiple packs and use those to invite families to fall fast. So sharing, inviting, we're trying to give you the tools, resources, encouragement to do that. And that's just one way. Now, when it comes to sharing Jesus' story, you're very fortunate that today Don Sunshine is preaching in our three worship services. And then this afternoon from three uh, to seven o'clock. Yes, four hours, three to seven o'clock, he's going to lead us in a workshop titled Make a Difference. There will be two breaks with snacks, the second break, heavier finger food, so we'll provide you something to eat. You don't have to worry about going hungry. But you're going to be encouraged, and you're going to learn how to have conversations with people about Jesus. I look forward to what God's going to do through you as you let him use you to be on mission and connect with people who don't know Jesus. Thank you, and God bless you.